Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We always have such a fun time on the podcast and we're glad that you're here today. Although we're talking about something today that's a little, little uh, heavy, maybe a little anxiety riddle. Don't we all carry anxiety? My goodness, we need to talk about that sometimes, even though we like to have a good time here. There are times for us to acknowledge that what we do is not always easy. And uh, a lot of us struggle with uh, some difficult thoughts and feelings that may not be setting us up for success. And so today we are going to be talking about some common insecurities that kids' leaders face uh, and carry. And most of the time we carry them quietly on the inside. Today we're going to talk them through out loud. And so join with us today as we examine and investigate some of our thoughts and feelings around some common insecurities. Uh, we all have them. It's not something that is limited to us when we're young or when we're new, although those things do contribute to the insecurities we have. But I was just talking with my good friend, Bill Emiot, who's our guest today. Hey, Bill, good morning. Hey, hey, Chuck, it's good to see you, hear you. Or I suppose good afternoon, depending on whatever the time the listener is listening. We are recording right. in the morning, but you know who knows when we're listening. So good day, sir. Good day. Yes, good day. We we were just talking offline, Bill, about this idea of, of uh, the insecurities that we carry. And we were both acknowledging that it's not something that really goes away, even once you are a veteran with experience. We all kind of carry insecurity with us in all of life. But it can spill into our, our ministries really easily. Yes, I think that's true. I've been doing kids ministry in some form or fashion for the last 34 years. Um, the last two and a half years have been really interesting as I've come back to the local church on staff and then be hit with a pandemic. It's really heightened some of the insecurities that I face, um, just not knowing that I'm enough or that I can do it. Um to be real honest, it's kind of humbling. And I think it's a lot of times it's where God wants us to be. I've talked to other people over the years, uh, good friends who do a lot of training. And I've, I've done a lot of training over my career, but seldom do I get ready to present that I don't feel some insecurities about what I'm getting ready to present or what I'm getting ready to say. And I, I've, I've said for years that that's, that's a good thing in some ways for me, at least, because it humbles me. It causes me to stop. It causes me to pray. It causes me to ask God to work in and through me and to speak through me, regardless of my abilities or my um, even uh, place that I find myself. Um, so I do think that while insecurities can be an issue, they can also, if we look at them right, they can be a blessing because they force us to go back to who, where all our security is found in Jesus. Right. And we, I mean, we know that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so the mm. idea that we have weakness is really not a weakness, right? There is, right. There, there is strength uh, in us admitting that we don't have it all together all the time. Right. I think there are some people who are a little bit more prone to insecurities for different reasons. Sometimes it's just their personality type, maybe the way they were bent, maybe the way that 
Uh, I, I, I would say maybe the way God created them, not to be insecure, but to be secure in him, but to not always push themselves up to the front. Um, a lot of a lot of the people we tend to want to be like are those people who are strong personality types. Mm-hmm. God didn't make us all that way. Well, and I think it's truth- important for us to recognize that. That's right. We're all made different. We're the body, right? We're not all elbows or ears. And thank goodness we're not all the same. God made us each uniquely uh, as a unique creation with unique skill sets and unique personalities so that we can serve together. Ministry is meant to be a team effort, not an individual Lone Ranger effort. And so we need each other. But I I think there's another truth, Bill. So as I think, honestly, you and I both, because you know, you've had a lot of experience. You mentioned leading seminars as a trainer and as a teacher in, in your years of ministry. You are you seem very, very confident and very mm-hmm. comfortable in front of a group of people uh, or in, you know, in settings where you are leading. Uh, and I think people perceive the same about me. I'm extroverted. I'm energetic. I can get up on a stage and I can engage an audience and present information. But you and I both carry our own insecurities with us that others might look and think, boy, I wish I was as confident as Bill. Well, I I think that's true. I I know that it is for me. And I think that part of it sometimes can be just Satan and the enemy Mm. trying to discourage you. He doesn't want us to be successful. And if he can get in our heads and tell us that you're not good enough or that you're not able to Mm. do this or you don't have what it takes, then he's going to do that. Um, if he can put plant some seed in your heart or in your brain that tells you um, you can't do it and therefore you stop doing what you're doing and, and, and our work here is advancing the kingdom, then that's what he wants to do. He wants to stop us. He doesn't want us to be successful. So we have to be careful about that. I think that we have to remember and take ourselves back, at least I do, to what does the Bible say? What does God say about me? And this past season in January, we've been doing some vacation Bible school training. And through that, I encountered some people who thought, who told me they don't feel that they're equipped or they don't, they're not gifted to be creative. And um, I'm reminded and and in, in that opportunity reminded them that they are a child of God. You know, the Bible says that you're a child of God, that, that we've received him and, and he gave to those who received him the right to be children of God. And to those who believe we have his name. I mean, we are children of God. Um, I think that we have to be reminded that we are created in his image. And if if he can do anything and we were created in his image, then certainly we have some some um, bearer of we have some mm-hmm. some mirror of that image. Not that we can do anything. We're not gods, but we are created in his image. And so we can uh he, uh, in the case of creativity, he certainly is the most creative of any. And so we, we have some of that in us. I think we need to be remembered that we were wonderfully made. The Bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalm one night, uh, one thirty nine, that he chooses us. Um, you know, I think it's important that we recognize that God doesn't need us. 
Mm-hmm. He, he spoke into existence the entire world. He certainly doesn't need us to do anything, but he chooses to use us. And he has done that from, from the beginning of time. I'm reminded of Noah, who had never seen rain, never seen a flood and, and experienced ridicule and teasing and, and mocking. And yet God chose to use him to save a remnant that we, that we would be able to, um, uh, that that the world that mankind would continue um the bible says that noah was a righteous man and i think that's important um god chose to use noah but he chose he found a righteous man and and while none of us are righteous and our righteousness is only through jesus we need to be striving to be right with god and i think for me i'll just confess when I'm not right with God is when I kind of fall on my face mm. in ministry or anything else for that matter. So choosing to to live in a righteous lifestyle or, or, or strive to be righteous. Um, and then also, uh, and I, I, I'm just really my thing right now and, and maybe for the rest of my life is recognizing my righteousness through Jesus um, yes. and then living into that and, and working toward being who God's called me to be. Noah was a righteous man. I'm reminded of David, um, the, the, the most unlikely of all of Jesse's sons. And yet God used him because later or we read that David was a man after God's own heart. I think there's some instruction for us as, as we think about who does the, who does God say we are? What does the Bible say about us? We're chosen and he throughout time has chosen to use people. Now I'm also reminded of others that he's chosen despite their sinfulness. But God chooses to use us. I think that's important. I also know that God gifts us. And a lot of times my insecurities come out of getting, of walking away from my giftedness or walking away from the sweet spot that God has gifted me with. So what, you know, oftentimes if I'm doing something that the church down the street did instead of what God's called me to do, then I feel the insecurities. I feel the insecurities. One of those key things, Bill, and you've you've touched on this in several ways already, but a lot of our insecurities are really based in us being concerned with what other people think or perceive about us. Yes. Right? When we when you talk about how God used um, um, David and and, uh, and chose him out of the field out as a shepherd boy, uh, chose the unlikely. Um, how he used Noah uh, to build the, the the ark, even though he had never seen rain and didn't know he trusted God by faith. He chose David because mm-hmm. of his heart. None of the, that whole passage, uh, you know, in Samuel, that man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord sees the heart. That's not about our outward, right? That's about our inward. And you were just saying, you know, when you have your inward, your inner man is right with the Lord, then the outer stuff doesn't become nearly as uh, as stressful or as worrisome, right? We It's when we get in our head about, oh, what, what will she think if I say that? Or did I say that wrong? What are they going to, how are they going to interpret that? Or what if I'm not as good as that other person who maybe should be doing this instead of me? Um, mm. I think we focus on the what other people think, maybe more so than on what God thinks and how we are before him. 
That's, that's so true. And, and, and at the end of the day, when it's all, all the, let, um, uh, the peelings away, the onions been peeled away. It's what your relationship with God that is going to make the biggest difference. And, and your relationship and with struggle. God, it is a struggle because, right. It's a struggle because we do think about what other people think. And that can be difficult for some of us who seek approval or right. who need affirmation. Uh, not that those are weaknesses, but we need to be aware that our, our, sometimes our personalities, the way that we are wired, may lead us to be more anxious than we should be about some of those right, things. Right. You mentioned, uh, so Bill, we're, we, we have an outline for our conversation. You, you did such a great job of identifying four big areas where right. we can be hit with insecurities. You've already talked about one. You started off with this, but let's identify that one for the listeners just so they don't miss point one. Uh, what we want to do, listeners, is identify for you four four areas where you may be susceptible to being hit with insecurity. And Bill has some solutions for us around those. The first one that we've already talked about is the fact that sometimes those insecurities come from the enemy. Satan is a real enemy. Uh, he does not want us to succeed in ministry. He wants to destruct, destroy, uh, discourage, divide, distract. He wants to undermine what we're doing, and he uses strategies against us. One of those strategies is he will whisper lies to us uh, that uh, feed our insecurities. Yes. The uh, the uh, next one, and we've kind of talked about it, we've kind of dabbled in it, is personality type. Mm. I mean, some of us are just have that bend or, or maybe it's things that have happened to us in the past. Maybe we've had people who didn't encourage us, but discouraged us either in um, word or deed or whatever. But we we have that bend. And, and I think that we need to be, again, reminded of who God says we are. I think that's important. The one well, kind of that lens. is we, we need to we need to tell ourselves the truth. That's a phrase that we use right. in our family uh, when we let our minds race or when our feelings want to rule us. First of all, we, we need to remember that our feelings will lie to us. Mm. Satan is a liar and our feelings don't tell us the truth, right? If, if what I feel doesn't make it real, we need to base our feelings on what we know to be true rather than interpret truth on how we feel about things. That's a big problem in our culture. Uh, we are in a society that is feelings driven. And so the truth truth is, though, for us to succeed in this aspect, uh, we need to tell ourselves the truth about uh, about our feelings. Right. I think another thing that kind of that leads in the, to the third one that I've, I've identified, or at least one of four, is comparing ourselves to other people mm. and to other ministries. And, you know, Facebook is just heightened that reality even more, the struggle even more, because we can look on Facebook at what other churches are doing or what other ministers are doing or what other ministries are doing. All over the world, we didn't, right? Or the whole world, all yeah. over the world, not just down the street. You know, it used to be you'd go down the street and see a sign on the, on the road and go, oh, well, maybe we could do a fall festival or whatever it is that they're promoting. And now it's in your feed if you're following them. And and it becomes an issue. I, I, I tell people all the time that um, you can get in the trap of doing what 
the church down the street does or the church on the other web page, uh, Facebook page does. Instead of doing what God's called you to do, mm. I think we have to determine what God has called us to do and then do that well. And for me, it's about ministry philosophy. It kind of boils back down to ministry philosophy. What is God calling me to do? And, and for me at my church at this time, it's about um, gospel transforming, transforming boys and girls with the gospel of Jesus Christ, growing disciples, and then empowering and encouraging families. So that's my thing, you know, and, and now there are a lot of things, ways I, that can, that can manifest itself in ministry, but that's my thing. And when I stick to my thing and quit looking at his, his ministry right. or her ministry, yes. or then, then my securities, my insecurities, lesson. I think we have to determine what God's called us to do and let go of the things that don't get you there. I mean, there, we all have different gift, different giftedness. We have different situations. We have different resources and tools, and we all have different expectations that are placed on us. So his expectations from his uh, leadership at his church may be completely different than what your, your leadership has for you. So I think it's important that we, I don't want to say get off Facebook, but I think we need to quit looking at what, uh, what everyone else has put out there. We, again, yes. we don't know what's behind the scenes. I've often said this too. If the grass is greener on the other side, there may be a septic tank over there. There may be. So, there may be. So, and nobody's, nobody's putting pictures of their septic tank, right? That's right. No, but you know, that, there's something to now. There's good and bad in everything, right? Or there are elements of gains and losses in every situation. So, the the downside of what we have, you know, gotten uh, introduced to through social media is the constant comparison, where you are comparing your, you know, your bloopers to everybody else's highlight reel, right? When we and we tell mm-hmm. our kids these things, the truth. We all know this is true. You're not telling us anything that we don't already know. Everyone listening knows that comparing yourself to others on social media is not a fair comparison. It's not a good way to live your life. Uh, and, and so we, but we need to be reminded that as leaders, because you're right, it is easy to look at someone else's feed and see what looks like success or what looks like, um, like they have, uh, uh, resources that you don't have or creativity that you don't have or team members that you don't have or, you know, or successes that you may not feel that you have. And it can be so easy to be stuck in that. The, the good thing that can come from this is one is when we're honest, right? There are, there's opportunities when we can truly use social media to share what's really happening. So others can care for us. A lot of us, you know, uh, when we only knew the church around the corner, we probably don't have a relationship with anyone there. And it's so good for us to have other friends who are at other churches. I've heard you talk this many times, Bill, you need a friend, uh, a best friend who has a different pastor than you do. Exactly. So social media allows us to have connections with other people who get it and who understand and hopefully in a safe context might allow us to share. And it also is a great place to look for inspiration. If we don't go to comparison, we can go there to find inspiration where we can see, oh, wow, that's such a cool thing that they did. And maybe I can emulate that or grow from that. Right. You can maybe learn from that or take, take that and make it yours. The fourth thing that I, and if these aren't really in order, um, cause I think the one, the, the, 
Certainly, um, knowing who God says you are is the most important. But this, I think we can have insecurities when we have lack of knowledge or lack of experience. I mean, you, if you just don't know what you're doing or, or if you've never done that before, that can really play into your insecurities. Um, uh, I would encourage people to be lifelong learners. To not just think I've figured this out. I've got friends who have been in ministry as long or longer than me, and they show up at every um, training event that they can find themselves at. Those are people who are continuing to learn, even though they probably know everything that the conference leader is saying at some level. Being re- just reminded of it can help with those insecurity issues. This is what I believe, and now I remember why I believe that. This is why we're doing doing what we're doing. The other thing that um, an old um, uh, manager that I worked with at Lifeway said to me, and, and I've never forgot it, is be a student, not a critic. And I think it's easy, particularly in my insecurities, to criticize what someone else is doing. Because sure. it you makes know, us finding, feel better about ourselves, right? Exactly. We can someone else down. Yep. Finding all of the fault in it. And, and that's just continued to be in the back of my head, and I, I want to do better at that, but be in the back of my head that even if you see something that you can't use, you can learn from from it. Be a student, not a critic. I think we, p- children's ministry leaders need to be reading and listening to podcasts like this one and attending conferences like Etch and being a learner, being continuing to be a learner. Um, I think there's a, there's a, some danger if you think you know it all. I, I've, I say this too. If you think you know it all, you don't know it all. You know, if you think you know it all, you're not, you're just a know it all and you don't know it all at all. Something like that. Um, but I think it's important. The other thing I'm, I'm real big into is mentorship. Find someone who's ahead of you. And those of us who are ahead of a lot of people, find people behind you who you're willing to, build up. Mm-hmm. to encourage and love invest. on them and invest in them. And you'll be shocked for me. One of my biggest insecurities is technology mm-hmm. and just the idea of I don't need that to fulfill my life or, and I don't tend to, uh, go that direction with my ministry. So when I'm with these 25-year-olds and 35-year-olds who that's just second nature to them, I learn so much from them. So you don't, you can be a mentor to a younger person and learn just as much as you're teaching and you're giving. So I'm always looking for somebody who's ahead of me. Um, right now they're in retirement, but the ones behind <laughs> me, I'm investing in them. I want to invest in them and I want to learn from them. Um, um, uh, like you said, find a friend. Um, it's so important to be able to talk through some of the issues in ministry that cause insecurities. And, and it's just important that they're not maybe have the same pastor as you do so yeah, that everybody distance, worships well at home. <laughs> that's right. And sometimes distance can provide perspective that we lack if we're too close to a situation uh, or in the same environment. So it's so good to have wise counsel and people who we welcome into our lives to speak into us. We, You mentioned in, with this, uh, this particular uh, number four truth here about insecurities, there's something that I'm hearing 
uh, that you that you're not exactly saying, but I think you are. That that I want to pull out for us, and that's sometimes mm-hmm. in these earlier, uh, you know, things like we have an enemy. Um, our personality could be a factor. Um, the idea of comparison is always a negative thing for us to do. With this fourth one, it's a little different for me because I think there's a truth here that sometimes insecurities are are valid. Sometimes we mm. should feel insecure if we are not prepared. That's we shouldn't just walk in without any preparation and and feel confident, right? We we need to do the hard work of preparation sometimes in order to overcome insecurity because insecurity comes from being not ready, um, not not being educated, like you said, not being well informed, not being prepared, um, just being new at something. Sometimes these are just natural, right? And the the expectation for a year one, month three, you know, if you're three months into kids ministry, you're going to have insecurities because you've not done this before. And confidence and security come from experience, which comes over time. It takes time. So we need to be exposing ourselves to the right influencers and investing in our development. But sometimes those insecurities are valid. Like the, the fact that I may be very secure and confident leading a game from a stage in front of a large group of people but very insecure about getting the microphone to work, right? Or running the technology. <laughs> that's valid and that's okay. Right. And it, 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 it encourages us to learn. Um, at least it does for me. The insecurities of, of not being prepared. I talk about that sometimes too. Um, in college, um, I was a vocal performance major, <laughs> which is funny 35 years later. Um, but, um, I remember in our rehearsal room, it, I went to a Baptist college. It said, God bless me according to my preparation. Mm. That's a hard prayer that to pray. That is a hard one to pray, <laughs> yes. Because we want to say, Lord, help me ace this text, test even though I didn't study. Exactly. And so I think as children's ministry leaders, we need to be prepared. And, and our, our Sunday school teachers, Bible study leaders, children's ministry leaders, we need to be prepared and then ask God to bless us through our preparation. And that that's a good word and a good word for us to close on. Um, li- listeners, we want to encourage you it, through your insecurities. One, know that you're not the only one who feels that way. Everyone, including Bill and I, feels yes. a sense of insecurity. Every single person. That is not a flaw in who you are. It may be that you're under attack. It may be that you need to listen to the truth and not lies. It may be that you need to uh, gain experience over the course of time and you will grow more confident as you become more uh, more qualified uh, to do what you're doing, more sk- skilled at it. And it may be that you just need to be careful to not be comparing yourself to the wrong things and really to be um, to be seeking to to serve and satisfy the audience of one, which is the Lord. Uh, if he uh, knows your heart and he does and your heart is right, trust that he's made you who you are. He's put you where you are for the time that you are there right now so that you can do a unique work of ministry in that setting. It's not the same as anyone else's. It's unique to you. Bill, Bill Emiot, thank you so much. You are very welcome. Thank you for the privilege. It was a good conversation and it's, um, it's rung in my heart as well. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day in Houston today. Eat a kolache for me. Every time oh, I get yeah. Done, I want one of those. <laughs> Trey would like a Torchy's taco, producer Trey. So you can eat one of those too. Just keep eating things for us. 
I'll and then do post it. pictures to your social media so that we can compare our sad lunches <laughs> to your good ones. You've Bill, got natural got, hot chicken. We so appreciate you and your friendship and your and your service and your ministry. Thank you for investing in others. Listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate you too. Hey, I want to encourage you as you uh, evaluate the resources that you use, that you teach with your kids in your ministry to take a look. If you are not already using a LifeWay resource, I want you to take a look at what we offer. Our team produces the best Sunday school resources in the universe. And so you can find them, uh, information about them at teachkids.lifeway.com. That's teachkids.lifeway.com. This lets you see all three of our resources, Explore the Bible Kids, Bible Studies for Life Kids, and the Gospel Project for Kids side by side. So you can see, show, share, and compare those three resources, looking at sample sessions, uh, starting points, documents, foundational res- uh, resources, and a study plan to let you see where uh, where we will be with each of those three. Teachkids.lifeway.com. Please check that out. Share it with your friends. Share it with your other leaders and seek to use resources that set you up for success in your ministry. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back again soon on another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.